the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Very much for joining us as we get underway on this Tuesday at about uh, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It's the 28th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. It's been a while. It's been a minute or two since we've spoken to one another, isn't it? I had uh, I was off on Friday for my daughter's graduation, so Peter Kirsten, I was kind enough to sit in for me. And uh, yesterday, of course, uh, being Memorial Day, uh, we uh, celebrated the day with our families, uh, honoring those who have fallen in service and sacrificed to this great nation of ours. So we treated you to a best-of program. Hopefully you enjoyed that, maybe on the way to your local parades or whatever it is that you might have done. So uh, we are back and live now on this Tuesday. And in order to catch up with you, uh, we have decided to go guest-free today. So plenty of opportunities for, for you to get in since we haven't talked since last Thursday on whatever it is that is most important on your mind. So the phone number is open at 216 Either one of those will get you here. Twitter and Facebook, although Twitter is jacking with me again and has right now locked me out of my account because apparently they don't like the fact that uh, I am a conservative who is gaining followers. That's a bad thing. So they have to shut me down and tell me that some unusual things are happening on your account. Yeah, um, I'm making a difference. That's why they shut me down. But uh, Twitter and Facebook, if and when Twitter opens it up again, you can do that at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, and no underscores. Leave your comments for me in those places. So uh, they had a KKK rally, I understand, down in uh, the southeastern uh, or southwestern other part of our state. And uh, down in Dayton, a big old party. Big old KKK racist party. And uh, nine people showed up. Nine. Not not eight. Not ten. Exactly nine <laughs> KKK protesters showed up uh, on, uh, was it Saturday, I guess, at uh, down in Dayton. Uh, why am I even bringing this up? If it was such a ridiculously small turnout, uh, thank goodness, obviously, that just means there are a lot smarter people, you know, very few stupid people, ignorant people, roaches, if you will, uh, that, um, you know, that we have to worry about. The reason we bring it up is because of the 800 or so protesters who turned up down there to scream and shout at them, which led to mountains of security being uh, provided to make sure that everything, well, you know, stayed within hand, if you will, which is an awkward way of saying doesn't get out of hand. $650,000 later, it was over. Dayton spent $650,000 to protect or, if you will, to keep apart the two sides nine idiots in pointed hoods and robes and 800 people who decided it was worth their time to go down there and scream at these idiots when are we going to learn seriously when are we going to learn six hundred fifty thousand dollars that'll never be gotten back for security for materials for weaponry for uh defense purposes uh, all the different things that they did also 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 nine idiots could stand in a square 
and shout things from beneath maybe the most ridiculous-looking costumes in the history of idiots. Um, why? Why don't we learn and just let these idiots stand there and embarrass themselves yelling at squirrels or mosquitoes or something else that's out there because nobody else is listening to them? When are we going to learn? I mean, seriously... These roaches feed on attention. They feed on it. This is what they want. They're looking for a way to get people to hear their message. Ridiculous, stupid, and decades old, uh, you know, decades ago, wiped out, essentially, uh, message as it is. They want people to hear it. Why do we listen? Why do we spend our, uh, how many, I don't know how many hours they had to get through. I really have no, I have no idea how many hours it took them, uh, people to get 800 people, uh, to get around the security, to, you know, to navigate the barricades and so on and so forth, to come down there and yell at nine morons wearing their, 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 you know, bedroom sheets and, and pointed hoods. I, I just, I, I don't know what to make of that. I do, I do know we can make this of that. It is a great sign in my estimation. That in the state of Ohio, Dayton's a pretty populated city. It's a good-sized city. I mean, it's not Cleveland. But in all of Dayton, in all of the county, in all of the state, a state that Donald Trump won very comfortably, by the way, in 2016, with all of the racists that we are told are in the Midwest because they're not woke like those East Coast elites and those, those West Coast elites. It's the Midwest. With all of those places to find these Donald Trump-supporting racists, they drew nine people. Nine is all they could come up with. Am I suggesting that racism, racism is on the decline in this country? Not necessarily, but it can't be ruled out. It can't be ruled out. Sure, you're going to have groups that are extremists in all kinds of different ways. You're going to have idiots who are going to express racist thoughts. You're going to have individuals who just, uh, you know, have their own personal biases. And I guess that's a human quality, by the way, having a bias against any number of things. And it's just a shame when one of those is against somebody of another color. It's kind of, it's kind of a shame. It's not even kind of, it just is a shame. But people are going to like some things and not like other things based on a variety of things. That's just human nature. It's really sad, and it's deplorable. Well, that's the wrong word to use because we have kind of adopted that as being a, uh, a badge of honor from Hillary Clinton. But it's, a, you know, it's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a sad thing for people to be. And I'm not going to say that it's on the decline, but I'm going to say that there's some evidence that we can have that discussion. And why does that matter? Why am I starting the show with that this morning? Because Pete Buttigieg, who continues to gain steam as a potential frontrunner, or at least a threat to the frontrunner, Joe Biden, in the Democratic nomination, was asked if Donald Trump is a racist this weekend. Pete Buttigieg was asked, is Trump a racist? And what evidence do you have of that? And I want you to hear this. Because I think it's kind of important. I think it's kind of telling, to be quite frank. Um, Trump has continued has continued to be called a racist by the, uh, the the American left and by the media. And 
despite having no evidence of such a thing at all, despite Trump supporters being the exact opposite of racist because they are Republicans, and we all know that the party of racism in this country historically and continuing to this day is the Democrat Party. Um, I find this very, very interesting. Nine. They had nine KKK members show up in this supposedly racist Midwestern area that Donald Trump carried comfortably in 2016. Listen to what Pete Buttigieg said on uh, Sunday morning television. That's coming up, I promise. Is President Trump a racist? I think so. Uh, I mean, if you do racist things... Name one. And say racist things. Name one. The question of whether that makes you a racist is almost academic. Uh, The problem with the president is that he does and says racist things. Name them or apologize for publicly slandering the president of the United States, Mayor Puke. And gives cover to other racists. What racists has he given cover to, Mayor Pete? The party of racism in this country is and always has been the Democrat Party. But I would submit to you that while they continue to try to make President Trump wear that, that even despite their best efforts to prop up racism in order to use it as a political weapon, a political club that they can use to to beat Donald Trump with, it's still on the decline. In the age of Trump, it is even shrinking further. Now you might say, well, what about Charlottesville? What about in places where people come out to defend the Confederate statues? What about places where people come out to defend the Robert E. Lee bridges and statues and buildings and so on and so forth? Didn't Robert E. Lee stand for racism? Didn't the Confederacy support slavery? And all these people are out there defending those things. Clearly, they're racist, right? And the answer, of course, is no. The answer is, of course, these are Americans who understand American history and who believe that American history should be preserved and should not just be wiped away So, because somebody else says, I don't like that. My feelings are hurt by it. My sensitivity is, is, is alarmed, and so on and so forth. Believe it or not, we had a civil war. Believe it or not, there were Americans, hundreds of thousands of them on both sides of that war, and hundreds of thousands of them died. Statues commemorating the two sides particularly the Confederacy with their statues in the South, are a retelling of that history, not a show of support for slavery or for racism. I truly believe that racism is on, as we know racism, extremism, like I said before, whether it's about race, ethnicity, nationality, religion, some of those things, yes, still a major problem, but racism, as we know racism traditionally, in my view, I think that Dayton fail, it was an epic fail, I think, on the part of the quote-unquote KKK. I think that that ridiculous story uh, kind of shows what I'm talking about. In the age of Trump, 
I think racism has declined. And maybe not just Trump. I think it's been steadily moving in this direction. But it has declined. And where it still exists, in places where it still uh, is, is prevalent, it is prevalent because it is made so by liberal Democrats who make money off of it. Racism is a for-profit endeavor. It is a for-profit scheme. Rather, scam. And that's exactly what it is. There is a large group of people on the American political left who make a lot of money, quote-unquote, fighting racism. And in order to, to fight racism, they have to create racism. And they have to create the boogeyman. And the boogeyman is Trump. And the boogeyman are uh, Republicans, despite the fact that the only major party to have a KKK grand wizard representing it in the Senate for decades is the Democrat Party. But I found it very, very interesting. And I welcome your thoughts on this at 216-901-0945. Impeach or get off the pot. That's what David Harsanye says to the Democrats who are continuing now and over this uh, Memorial Day weekend to threaten the president with booting him out of office. Impeach or get off the pot. And meanwhile, why are they so anxious to have this happen? Because Mitch McConnell and the Senate GOP have said, go ahead, make our day. It will die a very quick death in the United States Senate. So we're going to get into that a little bit as well. We got abortion battles that are still going on. We got immigration issues that are still going on. We're catching up on all of what we missed over the course of the last four days with you right here on AM 1420, The Answer. We roll onward now at 26 minutes after 9 o'clock. The Democrats are starting the post-Memorial Day week the same way they ended the last week and the week before that and the week before that and the month before that and the year before that and the year before that. And quite frankly, since Donald Trump started running for office and became a grave threat to Hillary Clinton, they have been screaming, impeach him. Before he was elected, they wanted him impeached. That's why they did the dirty dossier. That's why uh, they committed all of the crimes that they did to try to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. But right now, they're still screaming impeachment. Just listen to freshman Democratic representative of Dearbornistan, Sharia Tlaib. I think it is moving towards that. It's going to demand it. It already is. Uh, well, that was a pretty short statement there from Sharia Tlaib. She's talking more about the investigations. This is not about the 2020 election. It's about doing what's right now for our country. This is going to be a precedent that we set when we don't hold this president accountable to the rule of law and to the United States Constitution. Yeah, let's uh, talk about, uh, or let's listen rather to Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, on Meet the Press on Sunday as well with more of the same. We don't work for Donald Trump. We work for the American people. We have a constitutional responsibility to serve as a check and balance on a potentially out-of-control executive branch. There is nothing out-of-control about the executive branch. The check and balance needs to be done on Congress. They are the ones who are out-of-control as they continue to try everything they can to invalidate a valid 2016 presidential election, and they're going to continue to fight the 2016 election until it's time to actually vote in the 2020 election. Well, stop talking about it, says David Harsanyi in a piece run by The Post. Stop talking about it. You feel so strongly about this, here's your challenge. Get it done. We dare you. We double-dog dare you. 
When House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler and Speaker Pelosi claimed the U.S. had been plunged into a constitutional crisis, a large swath of the media took to plying this fantasy for them, of course. Ever wonder what a constitutional crisis looks like? Well, open your eyes, CNN's Don Lemon explained. The President of the United States is just blowing right through our system of checks and balances, the very thing that's supposed to keep our Congress, the Judiciary, and the Executive Branch working, which means our country working. End quote. None of this is even remotely true, however... Our checks and balances are working exactly as they should. Congress is free to make perpetual demands for information and testimony and threaten the White House with contempt charges and impeachment when it doesn't get its way. The White House, in turn, is free to assert executive privilege and decline to hand over that information or give testimony. Both the legislative and executive branches have the option of asking the judiciary to weigh in on the matter. It's not as if Donald Trump is blatantly ignoring the courts, as his predecessor often did. If voters disagree, they have option of punishing elected officials by voting against them. If the legislature disagrees, it has even more forceful solutions available, and that's impeachment. History didn't begin in 2016. Every modern president has asserted executive privilege. Attorneys general have been cited for contempt on much firmer grounds. Former Attorney General Janet Reno was found in contempt in 1998 for refusing to turn over memos about Bill Clinton's uh, campaign finances. rather. In 2012, Eric Holder became the first U.S. uh, Attorney General in history to be held in both criminal and civil contempt after refusing to hand over memos detailing his knowledge about the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives' disastrous and bloody gun-running scheme. Jerry Nadler knows this because he joined a Democrat Party walkout protesting the Holder vote. Yet no Obama administration official was arrested. There were no impeachments. TV anchors didn't unsheath melodramatic monologues about the corrosion of law and the end of democracy. The Attorney General has given Democrats access to all but two full and uh, two full and seven partial lines of Volume Two, which is the op-ed section of the report from Bob Mueller. Or as the Department of Justice put it, more than ninety-eight percent of its entire four hundred forty-eight page report is open for all to read. In two-plus years, Democrats and their allies took advantage of a cooked-up conspiracy theory and used the subsequent investigation as cover to disparage their opponents as traitors and spineless enablers, not only crowding out useful debate of the Trump presidency, but fueling an emotionalist argument that confuses attacks on democracy with just not getting my way. Bottom line, Democrats, who keep screaming impeachment, Just as long as they were screaming, collusion. They were wrong about collusion, proven by the Mueller report that they had pinned all of their hopes on. They had put every one of their eggs in that Mueller basket. It had a hole in it. So they can't scream collusion anymore, so now they're screaming impeachment. And the Republicans are screaming, bring it. Senate Republicans are saying, bring it. You want to try impeachment, House? Do it. We'll kill it in the Senate. You'll be nothing but embarrassed and and shown and exposed to be the hacks that you really are. Political partisanship above all, including running the country. And when the balance of power in the House is up for grabs again in the next election, you will pay the price for it. Bring it, the Senate GOP says. And bring it, I says. Back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. 76 Empire.
All right, I'm going to gamble on it. It's 936, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning. I uh, really appreciate you being here. Hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day with your family. I certainly did. Congrats and kudos to the city of Elyria for a wonderful Memorial Day parade, a tradition for Lord only knows how many years. My family has been doing it for uh, many, many of them, uh, and uh, really had a wonderful time yesterday. Thanks to all of those who served, of course, and I hope you had a a uh, great opportunity to commemorate and memor- uh, remember them yesterday as well. Let's try to make sure we do that each and every day, by the way. All right, 216 and uh, we'll get to the phones in a second here. But I want to fi- uh, follow up on something I was talking about, about the unhinged attempt of the legislature to go after Donald Trump. They want to impeach Donald Trump, at least the Democrats in the uh, House of Representatives what uh, does. And we're always talking about checks and balances, right? We're always talking about our... Our three-branch system of government, three co-equal, separate and co-equal branches of government, our legislature, our executive branch, and our judiciary, right? Why does it feel as though sometimes two of the three are out to get that third? Because that is exactly what we are seeing more evidence of. Yeah, you, you may recall about, about six months ago, maybe, something of that nature, something in that range, President Trump talked publicly or tweeted publicly about Obama judges or Bush judges. I think he specifically talked about Obama judges. In other words, Obama judges who have a bias against him and have a bias against conservative ideas and ideals and things that are relative to the Constitution, which is what conservatism generally is all about. Uh, Conservatism is generally all about just originalism when it comes to the Constitution, right? And... Chief Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice of the highest court in the land. You may recall this. We talked about it on this program. Chastised President Trump, dressed him down, and declared there is no such thing as an Obama judge or a Bush judge or a Clinton judge. We are all just American judges. As if to say there's no bias in the, um, uh, on the bench. And I, of course, would submit, and I said this at the time, and I'll say it again now, Judge John Roberts is lying to you, and he knows it. Judge Roberts is proving to be far more liberal than anybody thought he would be when George W. Bush appointed him uh, to the court to be the chief justice. And he knows that's not true. If there was no such thing as Obama judges or Bush judges or conservative judges or liberal judges, there wouldn't have been. One of the nastiest fights over confirmation that we've ever seen of Judge Brett Kavanaugh this past fall. And being borked wouldn't even be a verb in our, in our lexicon. Of course there are conservative and liberal judges, Bush appointees, Obama appointees, Trump appointees, and so on and so forth. Judges have absolutely every bit an opportunity to be biased as anybody in the other two branches are. They're not supposed to be, but let's be realistic. They're human beings. And Donald Trump has been fighting an uphill battle to get so much done due to two of the three branches. The Congress, particularly since uh, the uh, midterm election and the uh, massive gain of seats that the Democrats got to take control of the House of Representatives. But, But even back when the Republicans held control of the House, Donald Trump has been facing an adversarial Congress in many cases, that has attempted to obstruct his every move. And then when he does make moves, 
then everything that he orders is being challenged in courts, almost always to what kind of judges? Obama judges. And then they're putting stays on these various decisions made by the president, and everything ends up going to the Supreme Court, or at least working its way through to the Supreme Court. Here's an example of exactly what I'm talking about. Try to tell me that uh, the, the judiciary, that third of our separate co-equal branches of government, isn't hostile to Donald Trump and Donald Trump's uh, supporters. A judge in Utah has been suspended without pay for six months. Last week, before we went to the, ho- the holiday weekend, after criticizing President Trump both online and in open court, for his, quote, political incompetence, Judge Michael Kwan, who's a judge in Taylorsville, a suburb of Salt Lake City, he's been there since 1998, so that means he must be a, um, a, uh, a Clinton appointee. Between 2016 and 2017, he shared inappropriate posts on Facebook and his LinkedIn account about the president, according to Utah's state Supreme Court. This violated the code of conduct and lessened the reputation of our entire judiciary, wrote John, Judge John Pierce, uh, Justice, rather, John Pierce, in, a, uh, in the opinion on Wednesday last week. Judge Kwan's behavior denigrates his reputation as an impartial, independent, dignified, and courteous jurist who takes no advantage of the office in which he serves, Pierce wrote. An investigation was opened after Kwan made comments about Trump during court in 2017. He told a defendant in court who said he planned to use his tax return for his court fees, that he would need to pray in order to get a tax return because of Trump's proposed border wall. Quote, prayer might be the answer, because Trump just signed, he said this in open court, because Trump just signed in order to start building the wall, and he has no money to do that. And so if you think you're going to get taxes back this year, uh, yeah, maybe not, Quan said in open court. But don't worry, there is a tax cut for the wealthy, so if you make over $500,000, you're getting a tax cut. Back on Inauguration Day 2017, Kwan posted online, Welcome to governing to President Trump. Will you dig your heels in and spend the next four years undermining our country's reputation and standing in the world? Will you continue to demonstrate your inability to govern and your political incompetence? I'm going to pause there just to hit this real quick. He, he's going to continue to demonstrate his inability to govern. He was a brand new elected president who had never governed before. How could he continue to demonstrate an inability to do something he never even tried before? Number one. Number two, there is someone in this equation undermining our country's reputation and standing in the world, and it would be a federal court judge. A federal court judge who saw fit to openly and publicly criticize the incoming president of the United States as being incompetent, and even worse, because the following month, this is February 2017, after the president was in for a month, quote, Welcome to the beginning of the fascist takeover. We need to be diligent in questioning congressional Republicans if they are going to be the American Reichstag and refuse to stand up for the Constitution. End quote. So, Again, why am I bringing this up? This is the type of obstruction. These are the obstacles that President Trump has had to overcome to be able to achieve the amazing things that we have achieved already in just two years. I mean, think about this. We ha- you think this liberal judge is the only one who will not give Trump or Trump supporters or Trump uh, uh, administration members 
Trump executive orders. You think he's the only one who won't give them a fair shake in court because of their blatant bias against Trump? (laughs) You better think again. They're all over the place. In two years, President Trump has managed to achieve some incredible gains for this country, some incredible economic gains, some incredible jobs gains, some incredible um, uh, 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 wage gains in terms of manufacturing job gains. I always have to point that out. I always feel the need to make sure I throw that part in there. These aren't just crappy jobs that were created under the Obama administration. These are good jobs, solid jobs, higher wage jobs, manufacturing jobs that Obama said were gone forever. He's managed to do all of these things. He's managed, despite an unbelievably unprecedented investigation against him. And yes, this is very different than the star investigation of Bill Clinton for his perjury and for his lies as it pertains to Monica Lewinsky and beyond. This is so very different. This is unprecedented. The scope of this Mueller investigation, and now fighting it again, getting a do-over. Okay, well, Mueller couldn't get him, so we'll have to try to get him from Congress. So you got Nadler and Cummings and all the rest of them trying this nonsense. So between that obstruction from Congress... The obstruction from the news media, which will not give Donald Trump a fair shake or credit for anything, including 4% GDP growth last year and a quarter, 3.2% in the most recent quarter, a year of over 3%, which Barack Obama never did in eight years, the lowest jobs rate in, or unemployment rate rather, in 49 years, for five decades, historically low amongst demographics like black Americans, Latino Americans, um, women, and beyond. You have a 90-plus percent negative coverage of President Trump in the news media. 90-plus percent. I want you to ponder that for a moment. 90% of the stories about him are negative. That's been proven. That's been studied by media experts. So you you got the Congress obstructing. You got the media treating him unfairly. And now, as I just pointed out with this particular judge, as one example, and you've got the judiciary just begging, the, the, at least the liberal side of the judiciary, those who have been appointed by, by liberal uh, presidents in terms, of, uh, in terms of federal judges, begging for an opportunity to stay Trump orders, to enjoin Trump orders, to declare his moves unconstitutional, to declare the DHS's moves unconstitutional, and so on and so forth. They're begging to do it. It's an, I, I don't know how Donald Trump is able to brush his teeth in the morning with everybody pushing against him. It's just unprecedented that anybody has had to do this. Judiciary, legislature, media, and yet he grinds on. Uh, and I have an, an immense amount of respect for that. Uh, Jim in West Park. Thanks for waiting, Jim. You're on e, uh, AM 1420. The answer. Go right ahead, sir. Yes. Um, F. Chuck Todd tried to paint... Pat McCory into a corner on Sunday morning, if you could find it. Uh, and he was trying to paint him in a corner by having him comment about Loose Lips Joe, uh, a tweet that he had put out there when he was in Japan. And uh, Pat McCory pulled out his cheat sheet and read off about 15 things that he's been called, that the president's been called. Uh-huh. And he's just saying, look, he, he's just he's just countering to you, you, your media jabs. 
Thanks for taking my call. You can find uh, it. You're, you're welcome. And, and, and he, is, he is indeed doing exactly that. And we know that he is exceedingly frustrated by all of this as well. That's the one point that Tom Cotton uh, wanted to make on uh, MSNBC on Friday. So this goes back to right before our, our holiday weekend. He was on uh, MSNBC with Craig Melvin on Friday when uh, he told Craig Melvin, look, the president is in a very, very difficult place right now. He's being called names. He's being attacked. He's being investigated. His family is being investigated. His family is being undermined and so on and so forth. Um, you got to give this guy a little bit of a break here. Give him a little bit of break here because anybody would be frustrated with this endless, nonstop attacking of him and his character and his integrity and his honesty and his family. Uh, here's Tom Cotton coming to the president's defense. But let's start with a speak at the White House, sir. In the last 48 hours, as you know, President Trump walked out of that meeting with House Democrats. He didn't call the, the Speaker of the House crazy. Nancy referred to himself as a stable genius. Have you seen or heard anything from the president this week that has concerned you? No, Craig, not at all. We spoke just this morning. The president was at Arlington National Cemetery yesterday with the first lady for flags in, or Old Guard soldiers placed flags at almost 245,000 different grave sites. Uh, I know he's frustrated uh, with what seems like an endless stream of baseless investigations in the House after the Mueller report to c- concluded that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and with Russia intelligence services. Uh, he'd like to get back to the people's business. It's difficult, though, when you have the House of Representatives so focused on investigating seemingly everything under the sun related to the president. Several of the president's supporters, including his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, as you probably know, they've been sharing this video of Speaker Pelosi uh, that's been altered to make it look like she's slurring her words or or drunk in public. Does that set a dangerous precedent? Craig, I I haven't seen the video. I don't follow a lot of social media accounts uh, that uh, are always on the cable news. Uh, I'll say that, you know, Nancy Pelosi's own words uh, every time she speaks defending some of the radical ideas of the House Democrats are enough, in my opinion, to indict the House Democrats and make you worry about the direction of our country if they were to take control of the Senate and the White House as well. By the way, I'm going to interrupt this. I did not see this particular video that Craig Melvin is referring to, but I have seen her on live television impossible to edit her as she speaks live live not altered versions live slurring her words and sounding as if she's had a stroke and i say that not mockingly or 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 mean-spiritedly but just observationally she looks like there's something wrong with her the way she speaks oftentimes so i don't know if this thing was edited or not because i've seen it that way live acting defense secretary patrick shanahan said yesterday that that the united states may send additional troops to the middle east in response to what he calls rising tensions with iran um could could that be seen as a provocation see even every question from the liberal mainstream media to somebody who supports President Trump like Tom Cotton does. It's all an indictment. Every single question is like a prosecution, making the defendant literally have to, or the the interviewee have to be a defendant here. Every question is, you know, is this right? Is this fair? Is this a provocation? Is it rather than just, can you tell us what you think about the president sending more troops? 
He, he, everything the media does is an attempt to hurt Trump. No, Craig, the only provocative activity we've seen in the Middle East over the last three weeks comes from Iran. The reason why the Department of Defense has already deployed a new aircraft carrier and Patriot missile defense systems and B-52 bombers is in response to those uh, provocative actions by Iran and the intelligence that has picked them up. It's beginning to look like the Ayatollahs may have gotten the point uh, because we're sending those additional resources to the Middle East not to take military action against Iran, but to hopefully prevent military action by Iran. The president doesn't always say the right thing. The president doesn't always give off the most professional uh, uh, persona. Sometimes he really does trip over himself and clunk his way through some statements. But I'll tell you what, nobody has ever been under this kind of attack. Nobody has ever had to defend himself the way this particular president has. And a lot of that stuff should be and can be understood and forgiven because of it. We'll be right back after this. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. In the station. All right, 9.58 now. The Bob France Authority continues here. Short segment before the top of the hour, but we are guest-free for the remainder of the program. A reminder to you if you missed it in the beginning. So uh, your wait time will be short. Dial now, 216-901-0945, and we'll get you right up and on the radio. TJ is there now on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, what the Klan does, like what they did in Dayton, and they've been doing this for years, yeah. they send a small group into a city, and they get a legal permit you know, to protest with the hopes of being attacked. So once they get attacked, they turn around and they sue that city, for violations of their civil rights, and they usually collect. They try to do that in Cleveland. I don't know if you remember years ago with Mayor White. I they do. came here with a small group of 20 or 30, got on public square, and they wanted to get attacked. Then they'd turn around and sue Cleveland for civil rights violations. And Mayor White was pretty smart. He put up a lot of security. Now, the problem with spending this money, like a cash-strapped uh, a city like Dayton had to put up $650,000 for the security. Yeah, that's crazy money, yeah. Right. And it's not the Klan. It's the crazy lefties, the violent lefties that threaten the violence that make this security necessary. You know, there's an old saying, Bob, that the left should really think about real close. A stupid person is usually too stupid to realize they're stupid. Sure. I mean, and this is what happens on the left. Now, if they would come into town, spew their crap for, you know, a couple hours, all nine of them, nobody would care. But because of the threat of violence on the other side, you've got to pay this big money for security to protect your city from a lawsuit. That is exactly it, it, It's crazy. That is exactly correct. That is what they do. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and, here, and TJ, thanks for the call. And here's the most frustrating thing about it, too. As reprehensible, disgusting and despicable, and pick other derogatory terms for the Klan. As horrible as they are, as, I won't even call them human beings if they represent the Klan because of everything the Klan stood for and did uh, in years gone by. Subhuman beings, okay, as, as disgusting as they are. Bottom line is, they, like everybody else, have that right to free speech and to, to uh, gather to assemble and to speak 
and to and to display their disgusting messages. That's the sick truth of it. They do, and that's technically it's the beauty of our Constitution, of course, and our Bill of Rights. But um, if the leftists, if Antifa, who showed up among the six to eight hundred people to protest them, if if Black Panthers, who also showed up uh, to protest uh, the the Klansmen there, if they had attacked them. If they had victimized them, if they had beat them, those nine people up, like you said, first of all, then they would soon claim civil rights violations and get a bunch of money from the city. But, but what would the, what would the media story have been? The media story would have been that the reprehensible Klansmen, all nine of them, provoked a beating by 600 Antifa and Black Panthers who were there, I guess, that they would have sided with the ones committing the assault against people who had free speech rights. That's the sick part about this. I'm disgusted by the existence of the Klan. But I'll tell you what, I won't justify the public or the, uh, the assault of them by other organizations who are sometimes just as disgusting. We'll talk more after the break, right? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.